This is the Soulfully Casual Podcast hosted by Matty Ice. And now, your host, Matty Ice. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Soulfully Casual Podcast hosted by Matty Ice. And it is a Matty Ice Media Network production. I hope everybody had a great weekend. Happy Monday. How's everybody doing out there? It's October. October of 2021. Can you believe it? I feel like we waited for 2021 for so long and all of a sudden we have three months left. But honestly, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's a bad thing that it feels like we can't seem to get out of the pandemic, but it's not necessarily a bad thing that we're in October. This is some of the best time of year, October, November, December. Sure, the weather turns a little bit, starts to get colder, but the holiday season is right around the corner. And to me, the holiday season kind of starts when Halloween happens. And I don't mean that I start decorating on November 1st, and we will do a future episode about that. What I mean is that Halloween is kind of the start of feeling festive for like a good two months. And one of the things we have implemented in the Matty Ice household is decorating for Halloween. It's not something that I used to do. But before we get into the topic of the day, I want to remind you to connect with the show. Twitter, at Matty Ice Media, Instagram, Soulfully Casual Podcast. MattyIceMedia.com, as always. It's really imperative that you get in touch with us. And honestly, um, you know, it's one of the things I look forward to most. But this episode isn't about Halloween. This episode is about fall. And it's also about one of the things I like to do in the fall. And that's watch a lot of television and a lot of movies. And one movie that came out on October 1st was The Many Saints of Newark, which is the Sopranos prequel episode. I've never really talked about it on this show. And it's something that I need to get into in a little bit more depth. But The Sopranos is one of my favorite television shows of all time. It's probably not that crazy of an idea given that The Sopranos is one of the most renowned television series of all time. But for me, The Sopranos brings back a lot of memories. And honestly, it brings back a lot of memories now of watching it with my mom. It was a series that we watched together. We loved it. And we honestly talked about it. And some of our best inside jokes were revolved around the show. But The Sopranos, when I watched it as an adult, I had a little bit of a different take on it. So it came out in the late 90s. Honestly, it was one of the shows that really spurned the HBO uh, era, as I call it. If you remember, if you're old enough to remember, HBO had a heyday of shows that came out all within like a period of time. One of the other ones that I loved was Six Feet Under, but The Sopranos, Sex in the City, Six Feet Under, The Wire, There was just a really great five to 10 years of just amazing content that HBO was putting out. And it really wasn't until Game of Thrones came out, or maybe even like True Detective, I think. But really, it's Game of Thrones that sent HBO back on that map, back to the mountaintop of television. But The Sopranos really changed television in many ways. Uh, I have yet to see the prequel, but one of the things that I know is that the prequel will speak to me because I loved the show so much. And I kind of wanted to talk about just the show in general because it's one of the most influential shows in many different ways. And having done a revisit of it a few years back, it was the first time my wife had ever watched the show. uh, I kind of saw everything in a little bit of a different light. When I was younger, I was gravitated toward, I think the violence and the swearing and just, you know, you're in your twenties or your teens in your twenties. And that's the kind of stuff that you seem to gravitate toward. But when I watched it in my 30s, I got such a different view and I kind of wanted to go season by season to talk about what I feel like the seasons meant, but also get into the characters. So Tony Soprano is the head of a mob family. He was born into it. 
And the mafia mentality or the mob mentality is such an interesting thing, even in 2021. The evolution of what that family looks like or that family dynamic or really a business dynamic looks like today, I, I do wonder, because most of the activities that mafia members got into were illegal things like gambling. Right, there's a famous episode about calling cards and those things are long past. Gambling, especially sports gambling, is becoming legalized. So it is it is interesting to think about how that evolved. But Tony Soprano starts the series off at a therapist's office. And there's a lot of callbacks to the Analyze This uh, movie with Billy Crystal and uh, Robert, not Robert Downey Jr., um, Robert De Niro, right? Because the idea of a of a mobster seeing a therapist was seen as comedy in that in that context. But in the context of this show, it was a serious matter. And in a lot of ways that predates where we are today because therapy, uh, mental health awareness is something that we really didn't have as much of in the late 90s. You were seen as soft if you were somebody who saw a therapist. It was a, a fact about yourself that you kept quiet. Whereas nowadays people are very open about that. I am open about that because it's something that I'm proud of. Seeing a therapist is something that I have done in order to make myself a better person or to get better as it were. So Tony Soprano goes to a therapist, tries to hide his identity, but obviously, you know, the, the therapist, Dr. Melfi, knows who he is. And then you kind of get a little bit more of a glimpse of Tony's life. He's married, he has two kids, obviously lives in a great house, he's rich, uh, but he's rich off the backs of blood, right? The illegal activities that he, um, that he takes part in is what fuels his family. So much of his family is sort of sheltered from that in a way. Obviously, his kids know about what he does. His wife certainly does. But there is something interesting about the dynamic of you know, them turning their back to it, so to speak, because they're benefiting from it. It's interesting how that works with humanity, right? We sometimes will look the other way if something's benefiting us. I think about this in sports a lot, actually. Uh, how many organizations, how many universities will look the other way when something is illegal or something is morally wrong because it gets them wins? Uh, in this case, it gets them material possessions. It gets them clout. Uh, knowing that your dad is a mobster, right? It gives it gives yourself clout in school and in other places because you can lean on it if you want to. But the seasons kind of open up and the show is interesting in the fact that it, it doesn't just look at a mob mentality. And so one of the things that I noticed about it as an adult is that many of the movies that we hark back to, like The Godfather, Goodfellas, right? Uh, they're mostly looking at the violence of the dynamic of being in a mafia family. To be in that environment is very violent. It's very chaotic. People kill each other left and right. They justify violence and murder for the betterment of their business or their family, in quotes. And The Sopranos obviously has that element, but it took it even further. We got almost a human introspective or a human interest look at the people that were involved. At some point during the series, you got an intimate look at a character, whether it was Tony himself or whether it was some of the people in the family. Uh, and some of those aspects of it were the most interesting. Getting a peek into the glimpse of a marriage, of being married to a mobster, right? All the things that happened. So season one for me was kind of like that. And it's interesting because one of the things about being in a, a mafia family is your family, your true family is also your enemy at the same time. So Tony uh, has an uncle who is his father's brother. His father is long deceased, and his uncle Junior is somebody that he looks up to. But his uncle Junior is also somebody who gives him a lot of headaches in the business world, somebody who tried to have him killed. And the same with his mother. His mother is brutal. And it's funny, 
Uh, as I was older, during the time that I rewatched it, I was in that estrangement period with my mother and watching a emotionally manipulative mom, right, with a, with a kid, uh, even as an adult, I could sort of relate to that. And while I have come to a different place with my mom through her death and through the later part of her life, uh, that really stuck with me. And in the end, season one was really about family versus family. Tony protecting his livelihood, protecting his family by staying alive. In order to do that, he had to basically sell out some of his true family, some of his real blood family. And it's interesting how that works because if you are in a mob, right, if you're in the mafia, you can't escape that. Now, generally speaking, your family members are off limits. Other people in the mafia won't kill your wife. They won't kill your kids. But it doesn't mean that you're not fair game. And any time these mobsters are killed, right, they leave their family in a weird place and especially under the circumstances. So I found season one to be interesting because the dynamics of it, where you start to learn about Tony, you start to learn how his need for therapy manifests itself within his very violent world. And then you see that his family is pitting against him because it's really difficult to separate blood family from mob family, right? The business dynamic is always more important. And it's one of the things that they talk about when they take an oath is that it's this family above all other families, even your wife and children. And to me, that stuck out. And it's interesting how they managed to sort of film it. And then the story arc of season one, you were meant to believe that Uncle Junior was the, the real villain, but it really wasn't, it was his mother. And I thought that was so very powerful, the fact that somebody who seems so innocent, somebody who's not in the active day-to-day -day activities can have so much influence over somebody who does have that clout, who does have the ability to really do some damage. And I thought that that was fascinating. Season two for me kind of gets into the idea of inside an insider look. And while the other family dynamics still take place, Uncle Junior is in jail, the mom is, you know, has had a stroke and all this. And what does Tony really have to worry about? Well, he's got to worry about what's happening on the inside of his crew. And that's one of his most loyal friends having been pinned for cocaine or heroin. And now all of a sudden is an FBI informant. And this gives you an even more interesting glimpse into the emotional dynamic of it. Because while these people feel invincible for most of their life, because think about how many murders, think about how many crimes they get away with, at some point, they know it, it is an inevitability that somebody is going to turn on them. Because so many times in life, we are focusing on our own self-interest. And my father used to say this to me all the time. You've got to look out for yourself because nobody else is going to be doing that for you. And he said that in a work sense. And it really kind of still applies here, right? because you have to look out for yourself in a mob family you can't always rely on the fact that loyalty is going to remain because when somebody is staring at a life sentence and they have a wife and they have kids they're going to do what is in their own self-interest what is best for their own lives and to rat on your family in quotes so to speak i think a lot of people would do that and it's difficult because it's just the way that things are and Tony has to really deal with that. And in also dealing with that, he has to deal with the the fact that one of his best friends, one of his most loyal friends, who is really like family to him, would put him and the business in jeopardy. And he has to come to grips with the fact that this can't be allowed. And think about that for a second. Think about having the kind of life where you have to make a choice between somebody's life or somebody's death because it is in direct violation of your best interest. Because obviously the more information that his friend, and I won't say his friend's name over this episode because it is another word for a female body part, 
It begins with a P, that's all that I will say. And yes, it's a character's name, but it's not a word that I generally use in my lexicon too often. And I know that it's a word that is not generally seen as uh, friendly to a lot of women. And so I'm not going to use that word. Uh, but that person, right, is essentially turning his back on, on his family and endangering that family altogether because the information that he is giving could potentially put loads and loads of people in jail. And this is where I realized that the dynamic of the show is starting to change. These are violent, angry, terrible people, right? Most of the crimes that they commit would put somebody in hell if you believe in that sort of thing. And here, we're meant to feel sympathetic for these characters, right? We are almost presented, they are almost presented to us as anti-heroes. And that was really one of the things that stuck out for me as season two is that like there's a villain and the villain is inside, right? The villain is inside. There's always villains in and around a mob family, but the fact that that person is inside is so much more of a danger to them, right? But it comes down to what are you willing to do? What are you, what is, you know, what what is the most sacrifice that needs to be made here and just how much this affects somebody that's inside and you start to feel sympathetic for these people which is kind of crazy because most of the time you'd be like ah screw them they're not you know they don't mean anything but here you kind of feel differently and to me in season two that spoke to excellent writing and excellent storyline uh, and character development which then moves to season three season three was interesting because there was a lot of uh storylines in it that really didn't seem like they they fit uh, and i think about meadow dating jackie jr but then when i think about it the jackie jr uh you know insertion if you will is an interesting tale of caution because i think what ends up happening is people who are born into this type of lifestyle and when i say born into it i mean that they are born into um you know this life as in their parents are part of this life i know that a lot of mobsters don't want this for their kids and i know that jackie jr was in that boat his parents or his dad died early i think it was in season one when his dad died and i know that his dad didn't want that for him his parents didn't want that for him they wanted him to live a straight life they wanted him to go to college but it's the allure right the temptation of this kind of lifestyle because it's very easy money if you know what you're doing you have to earn your bones and that's one thing that jackie jr wanted to do he wanted to earn his stripes he wanted to show that he could be a part of this family by basically making a big move a move that he knew he was going to have to pay for in the future, but a move that ended up backfiring, and it cost him his life. And that's an interesting thing to think about. Think about the barriers uh, to entry for a lot of different jobs. Most of the time, it's either that you have a high school diploma or you have a college degree. There's no life or death situation here. It's just, do you have it or do you not? And then you start to work your way up. You start to earn respect and earn merit. Uh, but in this particular case, the barrier to entry could potentially be the end of your life. And when you try to essentially make uh, a statement, when you try to show off and you try to show these people that you are part of that group, mistakes can be made. You don't know where to draw the line. But I will say this, you find out very, very quickly that family means nothing. And it was really hard because Tony didn't want this for Jackie Jr. He wanted Jackie Jr. to have a real life to be straight. And that's a common theme throughout the show too, is there are many characters that try to make it straight, but it's just so difficult not to be tempted by this because it can change your life in an instant. And it, it means that for positive and negative, it can change your life in that you could have as much money as you could fathom. And then it can also change your life in that you're, you're dead. And I think it was an important lesson for Meadow to not get involved with somebody who was that close, right? Because Meadow truly doesn't want to be a part of this. 
And Meadow made the mistake as a young person of getting involved with somebody who also wanted to be involved. And Jackie Jr. paid for his life. And sure, there's other things that happened in season three, but overall, that's what I saw. For me, season four as a kid or as a young adult was always boring. Uh, back in the day, we all thought, man, nothing happened in season four. And I think that was a common theme. But as I got older, I started doing a little bit more of my homework when it came to good television, especially having seen Breaking Bad, which was some of the best television I've ever seen. And then using that lens and going back to season four, I realized that the brilliance of season four really came about because it was the most intimate look into the dynamic of Tony and his wife Carmela that we'd ever seen. And one of the most powerful parts of it was Carmela finally realizing how much she had put up with over the years falling for another man who's also in the dynamic so there is some irony there because most of the time you know you're trying to get out but what she was trying to get out with was somebody who was also in it somebody who had also done inexplicable crimes and i don't think that's something she took into consideration she would have fallen into that same trap but what she didn't fall into was the trap of continually letting tony back in and she kicked him out in one of the famous episodes called whitecaps and it was a really powerful look. You saw the dynamic deteriorating over time. You saw Carmela and Tony both giving into temptation, but different kinds of temptation. And Carmela finally having what she felt like was a semblance of power. But what you also realize is that that power was very limited. And she really didn't have that much power over Tony because Tony was a monster that had been created. He wasn't able to be tamed. And she had such limited power to be able to really influence his behavior because he controlled everything, her finances, right? Everything that she did. He could stop her life in an instant. And I don't mean by death. I mean, stop her life in terms of meaningful influence in the world, having no financial status, having nowhere to live, basically being a complete outcast. And she realized that over time. And it's just a very powerful look. Things also did happen that were interesting. You saw Tony diving into the uh, you know, mental side of it, feeling so sorry for a horse that he had bought um, that ended up being killed. And he killed somebody over the fact that that person allegedly killed a horse for insurance money. So both of them kind of dove into a very, very emotional state and you got such an intimate look at it. And that's one of the things I really took away that it was some of the best acting in the series. And I just wasn't mature enough to recognize it back then. Season five to me was another look at how a family connection and the wanting to be straight in this life just doesn't work out. But it's also a lesson in who you keep in your company. A Tony B, which was um, you know one of T Tony's cousins that got arrested at a time that Tony also could have been arrested, but something had held him up. Uh, played by Steve Buscemi. This is some of Steve Buscemi's best acting. And it's funny because as a guy who looks the way that he does, you wouldn't see him fitting into a movie about mobsters, but he played such a great part. He has such acting chops, and I don't think that, that has been formally recognized in a lot of areas, but he really does have it. He tried to go straight. He tried to be a massage therapist and just the temptation of it, um, you know, needing money, not wanting to struggle. It's very tempting. But Tony letting somebody like this back in the fold, right? And seeing how emotion can really uh, take part and you need to leave that at the door and Tony B let emotions take make the best of him and he made a bad decision similar to Jackie Jr. trying to make his bones somewhere and he killed the wrong person and ultimately Tony had to make a sacrifice and do something himself but the damage was already done right New York was already fed up with uh, Tony B wanted to kill him himself 
and Tony took that away from them, and that's something that, generally speaking, was a no-no, right? Letting the vendettas uh, take their hold, letting people take their own revenge in a way, and it led to a lot of the things that happened in season six. Now, season six was interesting because season six was, I think, the first time a TV show had stopped a season. Like they had a mid-season finale, basically, and now, for the most part, that's very commonplace, and I think The Sopranos really started that. But season six was going right down the path of the New York brawl, the New York wars, right? But at first, it was Uncle Junior shooting Tony and Tony being in the hospital. And you kind of get an interesting look at what people might go through when they're near their deathbed. Tony, in his dream, being Kevin Finnerty, having to choose between going to this house party to return a briefcase, when in real life, that was him being faced with the question of going to the pearly gates, uh, you know, get away from the white light. And ultimately, he ended up surviving, surviving, thriving, and the New York Wars happened. And there's so much sacrifice that goes into it. And I think that's ultimately what happened. The ending is very controversial, cutting to black right away, not knowing whether Tony survived or whether he died. So many conspiracy theories as to what happened at the end of it. But I think the message was very, very clear. You never know. So many people get sacrificed in it. So many people come in and out of that life nobody is safe nobody is sacred even the guy who seems like he is above everybody else the boss can get taken out and i think not knowing and having to sort of wonder if tony made it it just sort of reinforces the idea that this lifestyle is not a safe lifestyle it's not for the faint of heart so many bad things happen in it and you are not um you're you're not immune to falling prey to it and so it was a really interesting introspective look. A lot of times they poked fun at the mob movies. They poked fun at being a mob show a couple of times, and I liked that. I liked the fact that they were trying to be something different, and I think they ultimately achieved that, an intimate, emotional look at a mobster. And there were other topics that came up in certain seasons, of Vito being gay. It seemed unnecessary at the time, but they really could have gone somewhere with it. It just seems like they didn't know where to take it. And again, a lot of these topics were almost ahead of their time. And now we it, we seem to be so much more aware and compassionate for people that are different than the quote unquote norm. I think that's a good thing. And The Sopranos taught me a lot of that. It's some of the best television. I can't wait to watch The Many Saints of Newark. I hope that it is good. Uh, James Gandolfini, rest in peace. His son is playing young Tony. And I think that that's great. He looks just like him. Um, and it, it provided a lot of what we see in television today, taking risks right taking a topic that doesn't seem like it would fit a certain uh, television dynamic and making it a reality that's what the sopranos did for me i love it uh what are some of your favorite episodes there's certainly some that come to mind i love the pine barrens it's uh, a wonderful episode they call it a bottle episode but it's comedic gold in certain spots uh, cleveland and i constantly are quoting that i just i think it's great so much great acting so much great writing and i think that as it gets older and older, it will become more and more appreciated. At least it will by me. So let me know what your favorite episode is. And you can do that on Twitter, at Maddie Ice Media. Um, Soulfully Casual Podcast on Instagram, that's our handle. Reach out, check us out. Uh, let me know what your favorite episode is because it's something that always um, you know, intrigued me. The show is will always be in my top five, I think. And while so much television comes out now and there's so much great content, sometimes you can't help but lean on the classics. So I hope everybody has a great day. Uh, let me know what you think of the movie. Uh, have a great rest of your week. It's very, very important that we take the time to relax. It's October. Enjoy those fall festivities. Get ready for Halloween, right? Start buying some candy. Uh, Thursday's episode, we're going to start a little bit of a Halloween-inspired series for the month of October. 
So look forward to that. Uh, take care. Hug your loved ones, folks. It's really, really important that you do that. We don't get that much time on this earth. As the Sopranos taught us, the end could come at any time. And it's important to die with a healthy conscience and to know that we did the best that we could with the people that we loved. So have a great rest of your week. Peace. The opinions and viewpoints expressed on the Soulfully Casual podcast are those of Matty Ice and not necessarily those of the Matty Ice Media Network. The Soulfully Casual podcast is exclusively owned by Matty Ice and is brought to you by the Matty Ice Media Network.